Welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast. Voices in Recovery is produced by Freedom's Path Recovery Society, a registered Canadian charity. If you enjoy the podcast, please consider a donation at www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca. All donations go directly to assisting Freedom's Path in providing services free of charge and helps us keep the podcast going. We are grateful for any and all donations. This podcast discusses difficult topics such as childhood abuse, drug and alcohol use, sexuality, sexualized trauma, and more. If you are under the age of 18, please speak with your legal guardian prior to listening. The opinions expressed during the podcast are those of the individual and not those of Voices in Recovery or Freedom's Path Recovery Society. Thank you for listening, and I hope you enjoy the podcast. This podcast is being recorded on the traditional land of the Blackfoot Confederacy. This consists of the Kainai, Pekani, Siksika, and the Blackfeet in the U.S. We acknowledge the Stony Nakoda, which consists of the Bearspaw, Morley, and Chinookie. We acknowledge the Satina, who are Dene, and the Métis, Inuit, status and non-status from all of Turtle Island, and those who are visiting. We are all treaty people. So thank yeah. you for coming on, yes, Odessa. Yes, yes. And it's, it's all yours. Okay. Um, Take us away. All right. <laughs> I actually, when you asked me about um, if I wanted to do it, and then I said yes immediately, and then I got in the car and I was like, what did I just say yes to? <laughs> and then I saw, I'm like, oh, he's probably just going to like question, add, answer, period kind of thing. So I'm like, perfect. Mm -hmm. So then when I saw you next time, you're like, oh, no, you share your story. And part of me was like, oh. <laughs> I don't want to do that. Like, you don't have to, that's for no, sure. It's, it's fine. <laughs> and then I was like, no, I, I could do that. But anyways, it was just funny. So um, well, I appreciate that because, you know, like when we were chatting, it is nerve wracking. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. it is. I, I've done it, too. So I, I shared my story and um, I was very wordy yeah. because it's so nerve. I was so nervous. Yeah. Like I really didn't know what to tell. So I told everything. Right. Right. And it was OK because I, I most of it I healed pretty good from. Yeah. For sure. But I noticed, like, afterwards, and Darcy definitely noticed because that was the first time he'd heard most of that shit. Right. And it was not all pleasant. Right, <laughs> that right. poor fucker. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. I was, but I was nervous. Like, yeah. it, it, there's, like, stages of it, right? For that sure. vulnerability. Yeah, and I think for me, um, I'm just getting comfortable with, I think, just where I am. And mm -hmm. just, um, I don't know, I'll for sure get emotional because sometimes... I'm not quite there yet. Like I feel like okay. inside I am, but then when I say it out loud, I'm like, oh, you should, mm -hmm. that's, you need some more healing there, which is totally okay. But I think it's good. I think I, I think I'm at a place that I can, uh, I can say things out loud that I mm -hmm. couldn't before. And I don't have like a, a crazy, crazy story. I kind of, um, it, I was born and raised in Calgary and uh, really? my story. Yeah. So I've lived here all my life. Well, actually, technically I was raised, raised in Edmonton or oh. born in Edmonton, oh, okay. but I moved here like, right. I think I was like three or four months old mm -hmm. when I came here and, um, and growing up, you know, I, my mother who birthed me didn't raise me. So my father, she had some problems. Oddly enough, I actually talked to her on the phone this morning and I don't talk to her, but I had some questions about mm -hmm. how I was born. Yeah. <laughs> and it was strange. And we've, she's been in and out of my life. So I've always known who she is mm -hmm. and, but we've never been close, never had a relationship. She doesn't know my children. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. um, I think over the years as I've gotten older, I've come to like accept her story. Mm -hmm. Um, and I have asked her parts of her story. But about me when I was born, I, I wanted to know, like, how, how long was I in Edmonton? So anyways, we talked this morning, which was crazy because that was new. Yeah. And it was it was good. And um, 
so I was, I was, when I was born, I was on like some kind of medication, like seizure medication. Mm. And so I was in the incubator for like the first like six months of my life. That's lots, really a lot of trauma no, for a baby. I think so. And I oh, think yeah. what I'm learning now as I'm going back, um, for me, what I think is really interesting about my story for myself is that I'm learning, it's almost like I'm going backwards in a sense, mm -hmm. because even my relationship with alcohol, I didn't even realize how bad it was mm -hmm. until I came into the program. Yeah. I knew how bad it was because of why I came into the program. All the symptoms and all right? that. Right. Well, I, I, but I don't think I under, I didn't understand it until mm -hmm. I started going through the big book and yeah. like read the doctor's opinion and, and with my sponsor, you know, learned more about alcoholism. Mm -hmm. And um, that chapter in and of itself is yeah, a fantastic it's, chapter. It's, there's yeah. just so many things in it that had I had known this sooner, mm -hmm. my story would maybe be a little bit different. Okay. But I'm I'm really learning to, you know, not regret my past, you know, nor wish to shut the door on it as it mm. teaches us. Um, so yeah, so as a as a so my dad took me and my sister from my birth mom um, because she was unfit mm -hmm. uh, to be a good mom. And so really amazing of my father to do that. He was mm -hmm. just 25. And he took these two little girls. I think I was two. My sister would have been four or five. Must have been scary for all and, of And yeah, I don't really remember okay. any of it. Like to be fully honest, my childhood yeah. in itself overall like was pretty good. I was a pretty happy mm -hmm. kid. Um, and then my dad met my stepmom who raised me, who I would consider to be my mother. And I think that um, she did the absolute best job that she could. Mm -hmm. uh, there was lots of stuff now. And now that I'm a grown up and now that I'm in this program and just taking the time to really learn why we do certain things. Mm -hmm. And this is with like outside therapy as well. Yeah. Um, outside therapy can be vital. Totally. Especially yeah. in a family which was very much do as I say, not as I do. Mm -hmm. And I had really strict parents. So but they were not doing the right thing, right? Mm -hmm. So there was tons of, there was so much alcohol when I think about my childhood now, it wasn't normal. Mm -hmm. But to me, it was normal because it, my family was around, all my aunts and uncles and everybody, everybody mm -hmm. drank the way my parents drank. Mm -hmm. And until I actually got married or met my first partner, um, when he was like, you drink a lot. I was oh. like, do I? Like, I had no idea yeah, because, because everyone I surrounded myself around drank the same as much as me. Yeah. So if I kind of go from the beginning, once my dad and my stepmom uh, were raising me and my sister, they had a pretty, it's hard for me to talk about because I wasn't allowed, mm -hmm. right? Like I, we weren't supposed to say the things that happened. Mm -hmm. And even now it comes with, um, like I, I find myself being cautious and me and my parents don't even talk right now. So mm -hmm. it's like, why am I being so cautious? But in my mind, I'm like, what if they hear this? Mm -hmm. Like, I, so I'm still very much a, a afraid little girl of like disappointing my parents, mm -hmm. even though we don't talk. So anyways, that's all part of the process, I yeah. guess. Um, so anyway, so we don't talk today, right? Yeah, we don't just talk today. today. That's right. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Just for today. That's very true. Um, so yeah, so growing up, you know, there was lots of alcohol. My, my parents had a very, um, you know, abusive relationship at times. So I think that um, the things that me and my sister went through weren't typically normal. Mm -hmm. And I think learning now my, my mom, who is, who is like biologically my stepmom, she really struggled with that. Mm -hmm. And she met my dad and she also took on these two little kids, which is amazing. 
uh, for like a, a Step woman. Step-parents are pretty far out. Man. Amazing. That's pretty wild, yeah. Right? And then I really always wonder, she ended up finding out she couldn't have kids of her own mm. after. So she was willing to have us, but wanted that yearning as I have kids, I get it, mm -hmm. um, to be a mother and, and to have that, um, you know, that bond with the child. Mm -hmm. And, well, um, I shouldn't say I don't know. No, but I you could I think that yeah, but <laughs> I understand that feeling the bond, of yeah. yeah, yeah, for sure. So, but with her, you know, I think that I I think, and I don't know because she's never said it. So this is just my thoughts on it. Is because she couldn't have kids, the relationship that we had, she kind of thought it was like that because I wasn't her real mom. Mm. And she would say things like that, like, oh, you wouldn't treat me like this if I wasn't your stepmom. And mm -hmm. and I think that only reason I put this in, in my story now with my alcoholism is it um, it created a lot of, um, I, I guess, rejection mm -hmm. in, in inside as a child of like not quite understanding. Like I never really had a mom because this mom mm -hmm. that I had was saying, I wasn't her mom and, and it wasn't always like that, you know, like I would, I, my parents really did do the best that they can mm -hmm. do, that they could have done with the tools that they had and based on, you know, their totally. family life. Um, I appreciate that. That's a, that's an important point too, right? Yeah. So. And, and it's funny because I actually, um, was think so I, I, since I always prayed, Right. So mm -hmm. since coming into the program, I obviously pray a lot more and, and sometimes I'll just get these like intuitive thoughts. And just last week, I, I was really praying for forgiveness of my past, like mm -hmm. especially when I knew I was going to do this. Yeah. It really triggered me to like want to like okay. stop being so hard on yourself, Odessa. Right. Cool. You're not so shitty. <laughs> you are not. <laughs> You're not so shitty. Um, so, but all of a sudden I had this thought and it was, you, you give what you got. And I was mm. like, oh, and it was really weird. And I was just like cleaning up the house when I thought it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I did give what I got and to the best that I could. Mm -hmm. And so did my parents, right? Yeah. Uh, Cause the relationship with my oldest son is quite strained still compared to what it was before all mm -hmm. of my drinking and everything kind of took over. Yeah. So anyway, so um, yeah, so growing up, that was kind of that. And and as a teenager, I really didn't drink because my parents were so strict. Mm -hmm. I think that they didn't love the way that they lived at times. And and when I say this, like my dad was, a, he's a, still is, is a super hard worker, mm -hmm. always has been. They always provided for me and my sister. Yep. There was some like emotional disconnect, which I think to me is a big deal, but they don't even get it. Yep. And I, I don't know that they will based mm -hmm. on who they are. Um, but I was kind of like rebellious in emotion because mm -hmm. I didn't always listen because I was more like, why? Mm -hmm. Like, you shouldn't be like that. Whereas my parents were like, because we said so and like, stop, don't challenge us. Mm -hmm. And I think I always did challenge them and they took that as disrespect. Because so you were seeing them not act the way they were talking. That's right. right. Yeah. yeah. Or not hearing me or not allowing me to say the things I needed mm -hmm. to say. And I think to them still to this day is disrespect, right? Mm -hmm. They feel like I wasn't grateful, but I am, I think I have good parents, but I think that there's areas that, that if we actually, they would never go to a therapist. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like they're that yeah. hardcore in their beliefs that if I, like when I hear people say like, well, my mom's going to come to therapy with me. I'm like, do you know how lucky you are? Like that is an amazing gift. Super lucky. Like, oh my God, yeah. my parents, and they won't. And our relationship could possibly stay strained because I kind of have put my foot down in the sense that I'm like, no, I'm not, it's not just me. Like mm -hmm. it wasn't just my drinking. Like, yes, I made some decisions that hurt mm -hmm. you guys, but um, it wasn't just me. So our relationship since being a teenager has been 
really kind of strained mm -hmm. always because of the type of person that I've always kind of been. Yeah. So yeah, so because my parents were so strict, I moved out when I was young. Like I was just turning 17 when I moved out of the mm -hmm. house and not, not because I wanted to like drink and party, but because I had like an 11 o'clock curfew and I was going to, I was in grade 12 and mm -hmm. it was just, they treated me like a bad kid, even though I wasn't a bad kid yeah. for their own fears of what they thought were yeah. going to happen to me. And my sister had already moved out really young as a kid too. She moved out in same age as I was. So when mm -hmm. I was in grade 10, she was in grade 12, she moved out. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I got to grade 12, I moved out. And I never moved back and I vowed that I never would. Mm -hmm. And I didn't. <laughs> and your parents never saw the pattern. Never saw the pattern. And they still don't. They yeah. still don't, right? And yeah. they still, and my parents 1000% now what I know about alcoholism, 1000% are alcoholics. And they're, they're functioning though, yeah. as many, many, as pretty much all my family is. And I think for me, being the first one to like really step away and be like, whoa, there has to be a better way. Mm -hmm. um, I started really, well, one, because of the boy's father who is not alcoholic mm -hmm. and he's actually amazing. He's an amazing person. That's good news. It, it is. And yeah. so, but because of him, my kids would not tolerate my behavior and they had a much safer place to go. Mm -hmm. Um, which is a really hard part of my story to, sure. to, to share, not share, but to like, sometimes I'm like, well, I wish we were both fucked up because then kids <laughs> get stuck, right? Yeah. Like if you don't get divorced, yeah. then the kids have to, cause even my parents, I remember wishing they would get a divorce mm -hmm. because I was so, that it was so much chaos in our home. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, but they didn't. And now I look at their marriage and it's amazing. So I'm kind of like, Meh, maybe pe people stick it out. Through, well, yeah, you right? just, you're right, because we don't know what they're really like. Right? That's right. Or what they really need from each other. Like, yeah, and they're still know. they're still together. Yeah. And and growing up now, looking back and being a person that has was one week on, one week off with like having children that mm -hmm. had to go through that. I have a lot of respect for families that do work it out, you know, mm -hmm, I um, bet. if if they can make it work. Well, because it can be so complicated, but so when it works, it's just amazing. Yeah, and 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 they've I think they're going on like 36 years of marriage now, mm -hmm. you know, and 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 that's amazing. Um so really happy for them to have that. Um yeah, so with with my drinking, I think it wasn't even it was never, I never wanted to drink like they did. So mm -hmm. I always kind of had it under control. And, uh, but I, when I drank, I always got drunk, mm -hmm. even to the point when I was young. And so once I moved out, um, I always worked, I went to school, I took care of myself. Um, yeah, I like always was like pretty, I actually, when I went to recovery for the very first time, I learned that independent and codependent are two different things. So when the lady who ran the treatment center, she was like, you're very codependent. I was mm -hmm. so insulted. <laughs> so like, I am not. Like, I pay my own bills. I have my own house. Mm -hmm. I raise my kids. Yeah. I am not. And then I've learned that, like, being independent and codependent are absolutely not the same thing. And I, I was and still probably am codependent in areas of my mm -hmm. life. Um, so once I left my parents' home and... Um, yeah, I kind of just had like a normal teenage life. Like I started, I, I worked at a bar, so I drank what, mm -hmm. on the nights that I didn't work. But when I did drink, I get, get, got drunk. Yeah. And I remember my friends saying to me, um, or I remember saying to them like, 
if I had something to do the next day, I wouldn't drink because for me to have one drink was stupid. Like I would say out loud, I'm like, no, if I'm not going to get drunk, why would I drink? Which I'm learning is actually a very alcoholic thing to say. <laughs> it's a very alcoholic it's very thing. very alcoholic. And I too feel that way, by the right? way. <laughs> like, why would I drink? It, like, I'm just like, I'm going to get drunk, right? Um, anyway, so then I, it's so funny, like being in this program and you go backwards in mm -hmm. a way, right? I'm like, huh, all these light bulbs of signs of how alcoholic I was for mm -hmm. so long um, is crazy. Um, I would say when I started working in the bar, that was like my first time in like really partying. Like we did M, not, I don't, I, I think it was just M back then. It wasn't mm -hmm. MDNA. I think it was like, or ecstasy. That's they called it, it ecstasy. Yeah. That's right. Like the pill, the pills. So we, yeah. I, I did a lot of ecstasy. And, um, but I always showed up for my life. Mm -hmm. Like I always did what I had to do. It was never, I never picked the substance over my life yeah. at, at that point. Um, and then I, I met the boy's dad when I was 20. Um, and he's, he was seven years older than me, which was probably the best thing. I think God mm -hmm. really brought him into my life because things were getting a little bit crazy at that time. Yeah. I wasn't in school. I was just working. Um, and wasn't quite sure what I wanted to do with my life. And so meeting him, um, it really like slowed me down because mm -hmm. he was 27. A lot of his friends were already married. Some of them already had kids. Mm -hmm. And we had a really amazing bond. And it was really easy to get along with him in the beginning. Because I could still party. I still always partied. I yeah. still always had that desire to like get drunk. Mm -hmm. And um, what else? Yeah. So then... We got, I got, so our, our relationship went really fast. I ended up getting pregnant pretty quick. Mm -hmm. I got pregnant. I think I was 21 years old, okay. 21 and, um, or 22, I think it was 22. Um, but it was only like a year and a bit into our relationship mm -hmm. and, but I felt like pretty ready and still, I feel like I think he had told me at this point that I drink a lot mm -hmm. and I need to slow it down because <laughs> when I would drink, I would get drunk. Yeah. Right. And that would mean like typically causing a fight with him mm -hmm. or passing out on the couch or, but still in my mind, I was still going to work. I mm -hmm. was still showing up for my life. I always used to have these conversations, which I now know are so alcoholic, but the, <laughs> like, wow, that's crazy. But they would be like, no, you're good. Like a thousand plausible excuses. Like yeah. that was me. You know, I'd be like, no, you went to work today. You, you didn't yell at anybody when you were drunk last night. You are fine. Like you, you didn't start fine. any fires. You Odessa. didn't do anything bad. Well, not, not that bad. So anyway, so um, then when Jaden was born, he's my first son, um, I really moved more into that mom drinking mode, which mm. is actually like a really crazy thing. The, like the, the wines, like we would have like wines day on mm. Wednesdays, wine Wednesdays, and just the amount of wine that moms drink and how quickly it can like turn into something terrible. Mm -hmm. Not for everyone. I have friends who drink a lot, but are, very much have their lives under control mm -hmm. and can like turn it on and turn it off. And um, so I'm now that I, I've admitted that I'm an alcoholic and I'm okay with saying mm -hmm. that, it's because I had a hard time turning it off. We would have like mm -hmm. wine stay and even though it was two in the morning and we all had to get up with our kids the next day, I would drink when I got home before mm -hmm. I, you know, but I, I always had a little bit of an after party after the party, yeah. um, just to like pass out or just because I mean, uh, the obsession was on the mm -hmm. allergy had kicked in. I just, I couldn't just stop it. Right. Yeah, me neither. Um, and with Jay, 
having him so young, I think I still just wasn't quite ready mm -hmm. to like, I think when you become a mom, you have to be not selfish and you have to like practice the principles that are in this program, mm -hmm. which I was not ready to do yeah. at all because I, I wasn't ready to see my part in anything. Mm -hmm. I was very selfish. And I think I, at this point, again, my parents and our, my relationship again has always been up and down. Mm -hmm. Um, I've learned that my parents love with conditions. They don't love unconditionally. Oh, okay. And uh, that's like a tough thing, right? And I, mm -hmm. I think for me, what I'm learning is that I, the lesson is in my parents. So it's actually amazing the way that they were because I can do the opposite with my kids now. Yeah. Unfortunately, my drinking with my two boys, it's gonna, t especially Jaden, is gonna take m much more time. Mm -hmm. But the difference with me and my parents, which through this program and my sponsor, like, oh my God, like anyone who's in recovery and mm -hmm. doing the program, like get a good sponsor because she's amazing. And I, makes a huge I difference. she makes a, and she's a very spiritually connected person mm -hmm. and she really has allowed me to see my part in things. And I, I think it's so important in my story to share that without her, um, I for sure wouldn't be able to look at myself mm -hmm. and I'm such a quitter. I actually just had a sponsee, like, I don't know, I think, I guess she fired me. She texted me and said she got a new sponsor, mm -hmm. which actually hurt my feelings and it's so okay. I'm going all over the place. Is that okay? Of course. Are you keeping up? Yeah. Does it make sense? It totally does. <laughs> Totally. So you, you just oh, got yeah. told by your sponsee in the most eloquent way yes. that, that you're no longer That's her sponsor. Right. I'm no longer her sponsor. And she was, at oh, step, I'm with you. she was at step nine. So it was like a lot of time spent. Mm. Um, but after talking to my sponsor, who was amazing, um, it's a part of it, right? And I did it learn is. a lot. And that's what it's about is I mm -hmm. did, there's a lot of lessons that I learned throughout that relationship with her mm -hmm. um, that were so amazing. So I, I'm just so thankful for this program because if you really mm -hmm. take the time to always step back, it always makes sense. But humanly, we're just in it and we don't know how to step back. Mm -hmm. So, but if you take that time to step back, it makes sense. And what I'm grateful for is the times that I wanted to like say goodbye to my sponsor. And mm -hmm. there's been a few tough moments where mm -hmm. I'm like, mm, I don't know if you're right for me. I don't know if I want to work with you anymore. Mm -hmm. um, but that's just, that's the alcoholic in me that wants to like mm -hmm. run away and not listen. Cause she, and don't get me wrong. I think there is women who maybe don't get a great sponsor and maybe they need a new one. So I'm not saying you have to stick with them, Yeah. but there is something about not running away. True. And I think it's important to point that out though, that it's, it can be difficult to find um, any kind of sponsor. That's good. That's a good fit. But for ladies, there can be a very difficult time finding women with a lot of time. Totally. Right? And that can be hard. Not that, not that they're not there. Of course, they're out there. Um, but of course, a lot of time doesn't always mean a good sponsor either. And it really depends on who they work with and so on and so forth. Totally. But yeah, it must be because you walk into any room and there's probably 25% women. Yeah. So you have a smaller ratio. And yeah. I'm saying, I'm being generous with that. Yeah, right? I think that's generous for yeah. sure. Yeah. And so it must be more difficult. Yeah. And I've heard that. And so for me, finding her, um, I feel so blessed because mm -hmm. I, I had, I, I, you know, I remember because I didn't know anything about picking a sponsor. And um, so, but someone, um, actually, I don't even think I even knew this, but I just knew that I wanted someone that I like wanted something that they had. And apparently that's like a, a thing that they mm -hmm. say in AA, one of the AA things they say. Um, so I just kind of listened the, for my first like month and a half. And mm -hmm. every time she shared, I was like, oh, I like that. And just the way she carried herself. Mm -hmm. And 
my conversation with her leading up to it. Um, even when I had asked, I had just, I didn't know how to get a sponsor and I mm -hmm. happened to ask her, she had chaired a meeting and she had said, well, I am taking sponsees, but she wasn't, didn't, wasn't like pick, pick me or mm -hmm. like lights on. She just, um, gave me her phone number and then she had checked in with me like a week later, which was really nice just to see how I was doing. Yeah. And, and now, you know, I think that what I've learned for myself is I, ha I had to, cause I think even the first you have to call, you had to call for like a week just check in every day mm -hmm. and I missed like a check-in and she didn't like that and that's fair right and she sponsored a lot of women so mm -hmm. she's not gonna like if you're not gonna check in then I'm not gonna mm -hmm. deal with it you know and anyway so I didn't quite like the way she spoke to me because this I was like 30 days sober yeah <laughs> of course like, and you want people to, to treat you nicer <laughs> Right. right. Yeah. And, and she wasn't not nice. She just had a, a firm had boundary. A boundary yeah. She's always very kind. Yeah. And so anyways, it was funny because I was like in my mind, I'm like, I don't want her. I picked the wrong one. Mm -hmm. And I was going to I was going to tell her that. And then I don't know, for some reason I did not And then the next time we met, I'm so glad. And now every time there's been moments where something happens that I don't like, and my mind instantly is like, just get a new sponsor. Mm -hmm. She thinks she knows everything, but she doesn't. And I'm mm -hmm. so grateful that I yeah. stick with her. So, But it's good. It's, it's also good that you go through the process of thinking about it. Yeah. Because one of the things people often don't do is think about it. Right. Especially as they evolve. Yeah. Right? Because at a certain point, not that your sponsor is going to be like that, yeah. but sometimes at a certain point when we're, when we're working with someone, it, it ends. Yeah. The usefulness of that relationship right. runs out in right. terms of that back and forth. Right. But not necessarily a friendship. So obviously, right. Right. Um, yeah. So it can be very challenging to stay there. Yeah. And to want to go through some of that more uncomfortable stuff. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And and more will be revealed. Right. Always. And she she helps she helps me with that. And mm -hmm. and oftentimes I can I can text her and, and say like oh sorry I had to like hang up on you or let you go or I, I always say goodbye but. Mm -hmm. Um, in that way. And um, yeah, and we're just, I just think it's, I just, I don't know if I could do the program the way that I've done it. Actually, I do know I couldn't do the program the way that I've done it without her guidance. Yeah. And so part of my story right now, the best part is today. And today mm -hmm. I feel really great. And today she's like such a big part of that. Yeah. So that's And that's me. important. Yeah. That's because yeah. part of you feeling great is going through dis discomfort. Totally. And sticking it out. Totally. Right? And those and really hard, hard moments where yeah. you're not great. That's right. It, in recovery when you think it's going to be amazing. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. It's so amazing just in a different way. Yeah. It's, a, it's amazing in a real way. Yeah. Right? Like it kicks us in the soul and it kicks us in the head. And and then if we if we buy into some of the stuff, it really does help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Especially some of the discomfort stuff. Mm-hmm. For sure. I'm not a fan of discomfort by Me any neither. means. No. But the uncomfortableness, it does right? Hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, and we um I'll go back I'll go back to that. You can just go wherever you like. After. But yeah, I so with um we had like a moment just recently and it was really hard because I'm like, do I want I'll I'll go back. I'll go back. We're gonna we're in a circle around the skating we're, rink. We're all good. <laughs> Um, okay. Darcy's having some kind of stroke, but we're all good. Dar Darcy's <laughs> fine. Oh, fine. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. It's no, your eyeball, fine. dude. You're fine. Your eyeball. <laughs> it just it drew my attention because yeah. I was like, "What's going on with his eye?" Oh, oh that's, man. I, that's the most annoying feeling. Would you like us to blow in your eyeball? I was just gonna say, yeah. Do you want right. us to blow in it? <gasps> yeah. <gasps> yeah. 
<laughs> or water. No. Yeah, he's like, anyways, leave me, leave me alone. It's not about me. <laughs> uh, Sometimes it's got to be about Darcy. That's right. right? That's Just for a minute. Right. Just for a minute, yeah. So, um, so you, you survived and then something recently. Yeah, so I, I think that right now what I'm going through is, and it's part a big part of my story, is Lily's dad is also an alcoholic, mm. but he is not willing to surrender. Or he, mm. did, he has surrendered and not surrendered, and it's on and off. So we live together right now, and okay. it's extremely difficult. And well, we've lived together my whole wow. re recovery journey this time around. Um, that and must be a challenge. It's so hard. It's honestly wow. the hardest thing ever. But I, it's it's almost like reliving it um, in a sense because I already did it. So if I go back to my story with with Jaden and Travis, um, my drinking kind of started. I started drinking more often, mm -hmm. but as like a mom, right? Yeah. So I, I. So was, it seemed more responsible. Yeah, it seemed yeah. more responsible, and and it still wasn't because I still was waking up hungover. Yeah. And, um, yeah, and me and Travis, our relationship as, as a couple just wasn't great. Mm -hmm. um, I think alcohol had a huge part of it not being great. Yeah. Um, I think the person who I am now, not drinking, I actually probably could have made all my relationships work. Mm -hmm. <laughs> None of them worked because of the person I become when I drink. Mm -hmm. And it's not a nice person. And um, I, I think that when people typically fall in love with me, they fall in love with this version of me. Mm. And then I introduce alcohol and they're like, oh, I don't like it. But she's mm -hmm. so great when she's not drunk. Yeah. So we, I kind of like manipulate it in, in that. But it's so funny being sober now. Yes, that it's your fault that you're great when you're not drunk. Well, <laughs> And using your greatness as a manipulation Terrible for the rest of us. <laughs> Horrible. But I don't think I do it when I'm sober, so that's the good news. I bet you don't. Yeah. yeah. But but when I, I think that there's there was something in these relationships that mm -hmm. I was sober and that's what made it work because when I would drink it wouldn't. And you know, with Travis, um, we had the telltale have another baby to fix us. Mm. So we had we had Jaden because I got pregnant so early. So we, we decided to have a baby mm -hmm. and do this together. And then we got married because that was the next solution. Mm -hmm. It's like distractions, right? Like I think in yep. relationships. And that's why people Seemingly get married. Seemingly logical, have, right? Yeah, because it's a distraction, right? So yep. already before having Jaden, we probably weren't the best match. Mm. But then we had a baby. So that was a big, that nine months of being pregnant and mm -hmm. get, you know, that was a distraction. And then the baby comes, that's a distraction. Then we decide to get engaged. That's a distraction. Mm -hmm. Then we get married. That's a distraction. Then we decide to have another kid. That's another distraction. Now we've got these two boys that are young mm -hmm. and we don't like each other and there's no way I'm having another baby. So we have to get a divorce. And you're married, yeah. And it, but yeah, but yeah. at that point I'm like, there's no more distractions. Mm -hmm. I'm not happy. Um, I don't want to be in this relationship anymore. He wasn't happy. Mm -hmm. And so we get a divorce and, and in the beginning it wasn't the easiest, but we have managed to co-parent so well. And because the boys were so young, they were four and are two and five when we got divorced. Mm -hmm. So they haven't really known any other way of like mom's house and dad's house. Gotcha. And Travis actually has a really amazing supportive uh, family. His father has passed, but his mom, you know, I used to resent her, but now I thank God for her because she, I only resented her because she was there for my kids when I couldn't be. Yeah. And yeah. now that is the way it is now mm -hmm. because they go to her more than they go to me because mm -hmm. of the times that I wasn't present, yeah. she was there. And when I was really sick, I resented it. Um, so after Travis, I, I think that's when things, my drinking got crazy mm -hmm. because I had one week on and one week off. 
So the week that I had the boys, I managed to be the mom and mm -hmm. keep it all together. But then the week that I didn't have them, it was just keeping my life in order, mm -hmm. right? So that was like drinking. I, th I drank every day. I drank wine every day. I might not, I, I think I, yeah, and I got drunk every day. Like mm -hmm. it was a lot, but I still got up for work. I, I lived the life. I did the stuff, right? Yeah. You and were it, functional. Yeah. Me. It was like manageable until it wasn't manageable. Mm -hmm. But now I have like this relationship with my parents, which is still so much trauma mm -hmm. that I'm finally dealing with. Now I have a divorce. I have these young kids. And then I had a really bad failed relationship right after Travis mm -hmm. with a guy who actually suffered from depression and I got into that relationship way too quickly and it was like heartbreak for me like mm -hmm. he ended up like realizing he didn't want to be a stepdad and like we were like I had given him my my engagement ring from Travis to him because in my mind I'm like I don't need this anymore I'm in love with you and mm -hmm. then he was going to use that ring to get a new ring anyways so and that relationship ended it was mm -hmm. so when it ended I think just more trauma so more yeah, drinking more not dealing with things mm -hmm. and I think when my drinking got really bad was when the boys started not needing me as much. So all of a sudden my weeks with them were trickling into my weeks not with them. So if it was like a Sunday switchover, I was hungover on that Sunday. Mm -hmm. And then that week I would drink during the week. And there was like days like when I think about it, when I think back, you know, I would drink till like I would stay up all night and not go to bed and get up and take my kids to school. and. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were upstairs sleeping and like, but it was, it's just not the, it's not right. But that's how I grew up too, mm -hmm. right? Not every night, but um, anyways, when I look back now, I can see the trauma of the mm -hmm. chaos when they came to mom's house. It wasn't consistent. Yeah. It was very inconsistent. We did a lot of things. We had a lot of fun, but like it really depended on how much I was drinking that day mm -hmm. of how good of a mother I was going to be. And that probably started from the time that Jaden was 11 is when it started getting bad. Um, so he would be 11, Liam would be eight. So Liam's still pretty little to kind of not quite figure it mm. out, but Jaden has figured it out. So the first time I went to recovery was in 20, it was um, December of 2015. And I did a 30 day program at this, um, it was called the House of Courage. And I think it's closed now. Oh, okay. Uh, have you ever heard of it? No. No. It's like just behind Spruce Meadows. It's like a private. Okay. Private, oh, it's a private one? Yeah. Okay. A private recovery place. Um, and the lady who ran it, it, it was amazing. And she yeah. actually has saved my life many, many times. Um, she's a wonderful lady. Um, anyway, so I did recovery. And I remember her saying to me, she's like, Odessa, if you get it this time, you've lost very little. Mm -hmm. Like, and... And that, at that point in time, I like wasn't ready to buy into that I was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. It wasn't happening. I was <laughs> not having it. Yeah. But at the time in recovery, I felt amazing and things did change. And um, mm -hmm. it was, the program dealt with like a lot of trauma and stuff like that, but it wasn't an AA-based program. Mm -hmm. She actually had some issues with God, so she never brought AA into mm -hmm. her facility. Um and kind of had some like scary things to say about it. Like it could be a scary place to go for women and, you know, it and can be though, it, I think. yeah, for yeah. sure. And, and obviously things that she at this, she's probably 35 years sober mm. at this point in her yeah. life, but had been to 20 different treatment centers before she opened her own. Mm -hmm. um, anyway, so after the, the treatment center, I think I stayed sober for, for six months. But I started working there. She hired me as mm -hmm. like a support worker, just in the sense of being in the house when with the residents, yeah. right? 
and I would do Wednesday nights and then I started doing weekends because there's really no workshops or anything. You're really mm. just babysitting and being of emotional yeah. support. And I've always been able to have um, like good spiritual connections with people mm -hmm. and um, I really, it was nice for me to be there. So I stayed sober during this time. And then she actually had asked me if I would come and manage the house because I'm a, my job is management by nature, right? Mm -hmm. That's what I do for a living. Um, so I was like, okay, here's this amazing opportunity to go and manage this recovery mm -hmm. house. It's recovery based. I know her program so I can run, I can teach it. So I started doing the workshops mm -hmm. and cause I had done her program yeah. and, and had learned it and, and I did, I did well in it. But I'm I wasn't sure like would. bought into it, mm -hmm. right? And I started drinking. So now I'm a liar. So now I'm going to this treatment center with these people who are, they think I'm sober. I'm not sober. She thinks I'm sober. I'm not sober. Mm -hmm. I'm drinking on the weekends, but it's still very controlled because I don't drink during the mm -hmm. week, but I'm still very alcoholic. When I drink, I'm getting drunk. And before I went to the treatment center, when it got so bad to me, when it got so bad for me, I go into like withdrawal really quickly. Mm -hmm. So before I went to treatment, I was like, I couldn't even like make it through the night without having a shot of vodka, like probably every four hours or I'd start shaking, I would be sick. Mm -hmm. So it's not even like alcohol is fun now. So I'm like the true alcoholic in the book mm -hmm. that just is like, like living to drink. Yeah. And then like would have like two shots of vodka in the morning just to get my day started, mm -hmm. just to start, stop the shakes. And then it got so bad at the treatment center, I had to quit because I w couldn't make it through a whole mm -hmm. day of drinking. And yeah. I, now I'm looking at myself, I'm like, I'm, how did I get here? Like, I promised myself I wouldn't get here. Like, mm -hmm. you're not a no goal. Like, you're not supposed to be here. Mm -hmm. And yet here I am in the same condition that I was before I left the treatment center, yeah. before I went in the first place. So I quit there. I got a job managing and I kind of had it under control, mm -hmm. kind of, but I was secretly drinking. I always had like a Mickey in my purse. Mm -hmm. I was always drinking. I did pretty good about not drinking at work, but I would have to drink before work and mm -hmm. the second that I got home. Yeah. And of course your behaviors, it's like an emotional roller coaster. Mm -hmm. So now at this point, now at this time, Jaden's 13. So he is a teenage boy and I, we fought all the time because I, I wasn't emotionally fit and he could see that. And so he started hating being at my house. So I started taking it personal mm -hmm. and it was because of my drinking, but God forbid anybody say it's because of my drinking, yeah. right? Because I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine. You're fine. <laughs> I'm fine. <laughs> Meanwhile, the I Mickey's like in the bottom of my purse and I like, I'm fine. I'm fine. And yeah. I love how like we think I thought. <laughs> That you don't, that vodka doesn't smell. Yeah. Like, that's amazing. I know. Oh it's my so God. funny. Such a lie. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't smell like other alcohols. But it smells. But it like smells. Like, it smells like something. Oh, yeah. And now, being sober, I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine? Yeah. No, not fine. I'm fine. Oh my God. So just. Famous last words. I'm yeah, fine. I'm fine. Yeah, I think I heard, what is it like? Fucked up, insecure, neurotic. Emotional. Emotional. Yeah. yeah I was like, oh, that's a pretty that, good one. That is a really good one. So I'm kind of just, tr I'm treading, like mm -hmm. I am just trying to stay above water. And then I meet Darren, who is Lily's dad. Mm -hmm. um, so I meet him and I am not sober and I've quit the recovery house. And, but I'm living this life of like, you can drink, you mm -hmm. can do it, but I'm not, I'm not okay. There's nothing, okay. everything I'm living is a lie. Mm -hmm. I'm about to lose my job. Um, 
because I like miss work. I'm yeah. all the things, right? I'm all the things. Like I think I had pneumonia. I like every like I always think I'm like, man, if it was COVID when I was like in rec I would have used that every mm -hmm. every every chance I got. <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, I have COVID. Yeah. <laughs> Can't come COVID. to work. COVID. You COVID. Calling COVID for a year. Yeah. I know. COVID. It's so I'm so unlucky. Fifth time. <laughs> Fifth oh my God. time. Knock on everything. I haven't even had it. So I know. Me neither. Me, like, don't let's, let's do it. Keep the Knock. yeah. Keep the love alive. Um, anyway, so all the excuses, all mm. the things, but things are falling apart for me, especially for me and Jaden. Mm. And I'm blaming him. I am. I. I'm fighting with him as if I am 14 with him, mm -hmm. and I feel disrespected and angry and all the things. And I'm wanting him to respect me, but he doesn't because there's nothing to respect. Mm -hmm. But I'm looking. I'm my parents, mm -hmm. and he just should. Even though I'm not being the mom he deserves as a as a mother, mm -hmm. he should respect me because that's what I had to give to my parents. So he should know better, yeah. right? So I'm kind of in all of this and. Travis has always been, Jaden, the boy's dad, has always been really amazing mm -hmm. in my recovery and life and everything. Um, and so through all of this, he always has the kid's best interest, mm -hmm. right? So it comes... Thank a God, eh? Thank God, yeah. honestly. Like he's... Yeah. And, and now just so much love and respect for him as a human in general. That's amazing. Yeah, and he's amazing and he deserves all of, all of right that on. credit that, he, that I give him. So... Um, so now I meet Darren, and um, he also doesn't know that, doesn't think he's an alcoholic. He still mm -hmm. doesn't. <laughs> so this is like 2017 at this point. Okay. And um, I meet him, and it is like just a disaster from the start. Like so much drinking, so much drugs, so much. I always like dabbled in cocaine. Mm -hmm. I was like one of those like... Like if me and my girlfriends were going out, we did we did it. Mm -hmm. Like it was it was it's been a part of my life for a really long time, but it was never my go-to, mm -hmm. and I never did it without drinking. Um, so drinking for sure was my. But Open I opened the doorway. Yeah, but sit with Darren, he loved cocaine. Mm -hmm. So now it's more in my life than mm -hmm. it ever has been, and we're talking like two, three times a week. And that's not sleeping and waking up and going to work and trying to be a mom and trying to do all the things that I cannot do um, because you just can't. And I'm just sick. I'm like this. I'm just sick and I'm sad. And this relationship is volatile and so much fighting and it's just, it's not good. Um, ends up being that, what happened there? I lost my job and uh, not the, not for drinking, Yes, for drinking, but not that they knew it was for mm -hmm. drinking. To them, I remember my boss saying to me, they're like, you need like mental health. Like they thought like me mentally something, something was, was wrong with me yeah. because they couldn't put it together. Like, and I never went to work drunk. I never, right? So they so couldn't So they never like, saw you drinking. No, or, yeah. so they were just, but they, but they couldn't have me anymore. We had many conversations up until that point. Mm -hmm. um, but they were like, we just, we, we can't trust you. Like we are mm -hmm. trusting you with like a store and when you're not doing your job, like mm -hmm. it's, like you got to go. So anyway, so that was like a huge thing mm -hmm. for me and quite the downfall um, mm -hmm. of everything. And so I went back to, tr so, and then the Jaden moved out and then, um, oh, and then this was that. This is so terrible. I actually just forgot about this. I didn't forget, but it just reminded me. So mm -hmm. Liam had a field trip. And at this point I was so sick, like so, so sick, could not get through the day without, couldn't go two hours without drinking. Mm -hmm. 
and I never missed a field trip. And I always showed up for my kids, even when I was like hungover, sick, whatever. And in my mind that morning, I'm like, you shouldn't do this. You're not well. But you, but I like remember like looking in the mirror, being like, "You're okay. You're fine." I think at this point, I weighed like a hundred and five pounds. Yeah. Like I was like, it was not good. Mm. Um, I went to go do that field trip, and I ended up like passing out on the field trip because it was like a hike, mm-hmm. and the ambulance had to come, and mm. it was just like fuck. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously, Travis is like, now it's Liam even like the Mm -hmm. kid that didn't actually hate me. (laughs) No, it's like, so I'm like, okay, fuck, I need to go to treatment again. I need help. So I go back and I went to the same treatment center and um, her name was Christine. She hadn't really heard from me. Mm -hmm. So she knew that I had gone back out and was happy for me to come back. And um, so I did recovery for the second time. And this time I'm like, okay, you are an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. Like, this is bad. This is like... This is twice, like I lost my job, the field trip, and just who I was as a person. Mm-hmm. And the damage had really been done with Jaden at that point. Yeah. Um, we did therapy and uh, he wasn't talking to me. And it was, it's, it actually still is so, uh, it's so disappointing that I just couldn't get it. Mm. I just, but I couldn't. And it's going to take me probably forever to like ever fully forgive myself mm. for not being there for him. Uh, but I remember when I when we did the therapy and we did it separate and the counselor was, we had an appointment after and he was like, you know, it's gonna hurt for me to say this, but like Jaden has like PTSD from mm-hmm. you. Like it's very traumatic. And to me, I was so like, I had gone through so much more than he had as a kid. Yes, yeah. Through my parents. So I was like, really? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and I, but, I think now it's all relative, right? So his experience is so different because he had a really normal, structured place to go, mm-hmm. whereas I kind of just stayed in the chaos as a kid. And because I lived in that chaos, I don't even think I realized how bad my chaos was for him until now that I'm out of it. Mm-hmm. And my only say, the only thing I can say for what I hope is that I, whatever he needs to feel about me mm-hmm. is okay. I'll never stop trying. Mm-hmm. Whereas with my parents, they've quit. Mm-hmm. They don't. They're it's. They're done with me. And I'm. I think maybe that's the lesson mm-hmm. that when I want to quit with Jaden, like, because I'm like, oh, he's not calling. He's not this. He's not that. Mm-hmm. Like, when's he gonna like allow me to be his mom again? Like, when's this gonna happen? And then I'm just like, nope. You're just gonna keep trying every mm-hmm. day. You're just gonna call him and text him every second day. You're going to ask him for supper. If he says no, it's okay. It's okay yeah. And I'm just going to keep showing up and keep showing up and keep showing up and be the opposite of what my parents do to me right now, which mm-hmm. is silence, mm-hmm. right? So maybe that's like the lesson in it um, mm-hmm. there. So I go back to treatment. I do the treatment. And then Darren goes to treatment right after me because now it's like it, the, the whole thing was a disaster. Like Everybody his, knows what's going everybody on. Everybody knows. Yeah. There was so many things around my family, his family. And Darren, see, one thing about myself is I always pick guys with really great families, mm. <laughs> which is funny. But like it's even a good Darren, idea. honestly, because Darren's family is just so amazing and mm. supportive and wonderful. Like he's so lucky and same with Travis, like mm. um, just so much support. So he goes to treatment and then, so I do 30 days and then he does 60 days 
and he comes out and now we're both sober and we're like, okay, we're going to give this a shot because we haven't mm -hmm. really, we don't really even know if we like each other. Well, I think we thought we, we loved each other and mm -hmm. we really missed each other while we were both in treatment mm -hmm. in a way. And so we wanted to give this like an honest chance. So this is now we're in, I went back to treatment in 2018. So now this is still 2018 and, um, I went in treatment in June. He went from like August to September. <laughs> then he gets out and then I get pregnant in October. This is Lily. <laughs> this is the, the three-year-olds because he has three kids. They're mm -hmm. 25, 23, and 18. And then I have 18 and 15. And now we have Lily who mm -hmm. is three. Oh my God. So we, so I'm pregnant. and But I'm sober mm -hmm. and I've been sober. And at this point, I'm staying sober. But no AA, no, just the recovery center. But again, yeah. I start working there and he's working there and we're doing the work of that work, right? Mm -hmm. But, but not, not AA based, no surrendering, no, like turning my will over to God, mm -hmm. no higher power, however anyone wants to look at it. So, um, so then things are pretty good, right? So mm -hmm. we, I'm pregnant and they're okay because we're sober. And so much less chaos right off the bat. Right off the bat. Yeah. And Liam is back with me, like 50-50. Mm -hmm. And Jaden has never moved back from the second time I went to treatment. Mm -hmm. So his like grade 9, 10, 11, and 12 year have been with at his dad's. But we're, it, we're connecting. I mean, he'll come for dinner. Mm -hmm. um, I'm driving him to water polo. Like we're doing things as good as we can. Mm -hmm. It's still like much like now, very strained. Compare, he was like my best friend. But I think that's part of what hurt him so much yeah. is that he was like, why the fuck can't you get it? You already went to recovery mm -hmm. and now you're going back and he's like a really logical kid. Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, so uh, we have Lily and then it was March of 2020. So I'm still not as sober as I have ever been. I'll be like, I don't even know. I think next month will be like 20 months. And then so November is like, would be 21 months and that would be the longest that I've been sober from like 2018 mm -hmm. to 2020. So like after going to treatment, getting pregnant, having Lily staying sober. So November will be good because that will be like the longest I've ever been nice. sober. I think I figured out in like six years, I have been sober for like three years and 10 months mm -hmm. and then two years and two months I wasn't. And yeah. like the damage in that two years and two months. Amazing. But if you think of the roller coaster that I've put people through since well, 2016 and myself, yeah, yeah. like <laughs> insanity. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah, totally. So it, here's that insane thought that I didn't even know was a thing. Like mm -hmm. AA is just such for me is just such a gift and makes things make sense for mm -hmm. me. Um, I get that like insane thought that I'm okay to drink again, you know, and Darren is too. We mm -hmm. both are. We're happy. We're fine. Mm -hmm. Like we're like, we can safely drink together. Like this is easy peasy. Yeah. Like what, like we can do this. Meanwhile, everyone around us is like, no caution. Don't do mm -hmm. it. And I think for people who are alcoholic, when you go, when you go back out, the people that love you and, and know it's like you can't really recover from the first time of mm -hmm. coming. Like when you decide to be sober, there was a reason and you should stay sober. Mm -hmm. Because when you go back out, I know for me anyways, internally, you're, um, I was always fighting with myself mm -hmm. because that shame and judgment of almost knowing that I shouldn't be is always inside of you, mm -hmm. right? And I think that's why a lot of people when they go back out, don't make it back because it's so much it sure seems inside, harder. right? Yeah. Um, 
So yeah, so now March, we start drinking and by June, things are bad. So that progressiveness that the book talks mm -hmm. about in my story is 1000% true. Mm -hmm. It couldn't be more true. Like between my relapses, so like from getting sober in 2016, I think I got a year and a half before I had to go to recovery. Mm -hmm. And now this time it was like, um, it's, it was, I think, so it was maybe four months before things got really, really bad. Mm -hmm. So things got really bad, June, July, August, September, like just bad again. So mm -hmm. Halloween of 2020, um, Liam moved out. He moved back with his dad because he was over it. And mm -hmm. at this point now he's 14 and he's not dealing with it. And he sees the signs and he's mm -hmm. like, you need to get help. Like, I'm not, I don't want to live through your chaos anymore. And it was like a traumatic night of like falling down the stairs and like mm -hmm. him seeing it and just, just insanity, yeah. like that he just didn't need to see. Um, and now I have Lily too, right? Mm -hmm. Who is starting to live through this, this little baby. And, and of course, Darren's mom is so concerned and, you know, mm -hmm. it's just, it's not, it's not good. So then Halloween. So I think, yeah, so that was Halloween night that uh, Liam, or sorry, the 30th, the night before Halloween when Liam went back to his dad's. And that night I had drank pretty much once he left, I was like, well, this like, fuck, you know, so I was going to keep drinking. So <laughs> Might as well have a party. Oh my God. So I did. <laughs> and then I think I got like three hours of sleep and then I got up to go to work the next day and then got in my car and I get a DUI. Mm. So I'm like, oh my God. So I was driving to work. It was like 8.30 in the morning. Mm -hmm. I think I'm fine because I drive drunk all the time, unfortunately. Yeah. So like, it was about time I got a DUI. It's like, part of the brain though, right? Like yeah, you just think you're just, fine all the time. All the time. Yeah. And and to be honest, where I live, there was a bunch of construction. I don't know if you guys are familiar, but when they were doing Glenmore, this was like 2020. So before mm. the, tur the, whatever it is, the turnover or whatever the roundabout is that, yeah. that they built. Over by um, Richmond Road. Richmond Road, yeah. yeah. So uh, that's where I live, right? Okay. So I'm going to work on to Glenmore. There's lots of pylons. So I hit a pylon mm. and the person beside me like waved me down. So I kind of thought like, and in my mind, I'm fine. Like I'm not afraid to stop. I'm not, mm. I don't, it's 8.30 in the morning. So he's like, are you okay? Like, cause obviously I was not driving okay. And mm. he's concerned. And as soon as he saw me, he immediately called 911. Yeah. He, I thought it was fine, but looking back, I was probably not fine. I hadn't slept. Yeah. I drank all night. The emotional turmoil of Liam leaving, like mm -hmm. there was nothing fine about me. And the fact that I was going to go into work like that. Yeah. Like, and it's pretty amazing, hey? Because probably as soon as you got out of the car, yeah. the person was like, oh dear God Nine, in heaven. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And here I am thinking I'm like, fine. So anyway, so the police officer comes and of mm. course, like um, when I did my statement later, he, <laughs> my lawyer was telling me, cause he's like, I was like, maybe I can fight it. Right. Mm -hmm. And, or at least get like a, I don't know, a lesser something. I've mm -hmm. never had a DUI. I'm not sure. And he's like, so once he heard the transcript from the police officer, I guess that day <laughs> I was in the ambulance and the officer, which thankfully the paramedic that was there and the officer were so wonderful to me, like so kind. Um, he had asked me what I had hit and I said I hit a pine cone, <laughs> but it was a pylon. <laughs> and yeah. then he asked me again, he's like, so you hit a, a pine cone? And I'm like, yeah, like the pine cone. So I stopped and he's like, yeah, I'm going to need you to blow. <laughs> <laughs> not a pine cone. That's not a pine cone. Anyway, so I get I get the DUI. 
So I now, swear to God, I'm fine. Oh my God. Those pine cones those are everywhere. Pine cones. So <laughs> now I am like, oh my God. Uh, like, honestly, Odessa, mm. like not good. So I kind of, at this point now, I'm, I'm back to like having nothing. My kids aren't there. I mean, I have Lily and I'm like, I gotta like get mm. my life together, right? Like I have to. And in between this, there had been an altercation between me and Darren. And I had gone to the hospital, not because of him, but because I, um, I wanted to stop drinking. Mm -hmm. And so I wanted them to give me medication that would like help me sleep. Detox so I was and... gonna be honest with them at the hospital about mm -hmm. my drinking and, and wanting to stop. And this was in those months between um, like March and like before the DUI and those crazy months. Mm -hmm. Anyways, some way, somehow, when I went there, I had a black eye. So CPS was called. Mm -hmm. And so they had said that, um, luckily because I had gone to the, um, the, the house of courage where I went, there was a psychiatrist there. So she vouched cause she knew me and Darren. So she was able to talk to CPS and be like, they're really good parents. Like, and Darren's mom was able. So anyways, mm -hmm. but they said there can like absolutely be like no drinking. Like mm -hmm. if there's drinking, like we're going to come and I've never had CPS involved. I'm mm -hmm. sure you know, obviously tons, tons about it. Mm -hmm. um, so too much, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. Right. And it's a scary thing and it's not, they're not people, they're not, I don't want them involved in it my. It gives me goosebumps thinking about having strangers come in your house. Right. Your kids, right? Yeah. yeah. And, and they never came to the house, but it was Thank still God. like the phone assessment. It was still super scary. Anyways, oh, after this. Any contact scary. Yeah, yeah. Like just the phone. And that, you know, like once you're flagged, you're flagged, like you're in there. Like it's, yeah. it's not you don't mess around with this so now I'm like worried that they're gonna somehow find out about my DUI mm. and like come and investigate so just the anxiety and the craziness that was going on mm -hmm. inside of me at that time was crazy so I quit cold turkey I stopped drinking um, that was like right that like the next day so November 1st mm -hmm. I like was like that's it I'm done and um, I got, I ended up getting a new job, which I started on December 7th. So mm -hmm. I was like s sober, like got the job sober. And then I don't know what happened again, these insane thoughts, like mm -hmm. it was Christmas time. And I think because I didn't have Liam, I didn't have mm -hmm. Jaden. It just was, it, everything felt off and I just wasn't good. And I'm like, I, I but my new job was going really well. Mm -hmm. I really enjoyed the company. So I'm like, I'm just going to have a glass of wine. And honestly, so that was I remember the day, it was, pardon me, December 15th of 2020. And by Feb February 3rd, I was in my boss's office, brand new boss, brand new job, brand new everything. And um, he just was like, you're not good. Like, you're not good. And a week before that, he had given me a few days off. So I had admitted to him that I like kind of had a problem with alcohol. Mm -hmm. And he's like, okay, I need you to like, I need the girl we hired. Like, where is she? Like, this isn't working. So go take three days off, mm -hmm. figure it out. Kind of gave me the graces of it. And thank God, like I was so new. He did not have to do that mm -hmm. for me. And now this is my second chance with him. But this time he was like, I'm, you're going to get fired. Yeah. Like if you don't, if, what do you need? Like, be mm -hmm. honest with me. Like, how can I help you? Like, what do you need? And I'm like, I knew I didn't need treatment again because I, I had been twice mm -hmm. and I, I have it in my head. But I was like, I need detox because mm -hmm. I couldn't stop drinking. Like yeah. I couldn't, I would get the shakes. I was sick. It was it's unsafe. horrible. Yeah. So he was like, okay, like, what do we need to do? I'm like, I need to call my family doctor. He's like, okay, go get, go get her phone number. So we sat in his office. Mm -hmm. He called the doctor with me. We set up the appointment. 
and uh, I went to detox and like that was the rest is history. So February 8th of 2021, I've been sober since and I'm so Congrats. grateful. Thanks. And I'm so grateful to him because he's not an addict. He's mm -hmm. not an alcoholic. He um, had compassion, just a wonder. And he does the mm -hmm. empathy and, and just, just saw something in me that he was like, you are like worth like uh, what? Cause when he met me, I was sober. Mm -hmm. So um, the person they fell in love with you when they you were fell sober. in love with me when I was sober. Yeah. <laughs> so the person that I am sober is just, you know, it's, it oh, works. Amazing. It works. Yeah, it totally <laughs> we'll works. Keep her. So yeah, so that's kind of like, and now, um, so I did detox and then I really didn't know much about AA, mm -hmm. but I was like, I need something. Like, I know I need something. And they had, um, a speaker and it was at that time, it, it was still pretty COVID cause mm -hmm. it was 2021. Yeah. Um, so they was like on zoom and, um, and again, my whole time in detox, I remember when I was waiting to get in and you have to give like your Alberta healthcare and your ID. Again, all I'm thinking about is CPS. Like mm -hmm. all I'm thinking about is like, is this going to like link this to this? Are they going to get an alert? Are mm -hmm. they going to know I'm here? Like it just, and I just remember in that moment, just like I always had a relationship with God. Mm -hmm. um, growing up, my dad, he grew up Baptist, like back in Nova Scotia where he's from. But he never brought, we never went to church, but we, we would say mm -hmm. like prayer before dinner. And we always said the Our Father prayer at nighttime before mm -hmm. bed. So to me, God was always good. That's it. Like he was never like, we prayed to God because God brought good things. Like God does good things. And that's really my relationship with him. When mm -hmm. I was 22 after Jaden, I baptized myself at my Christian church. Mm -hmm. And then I've always gone to, to church. And even now I go to church and I've always gone to church throughout my years, mm -hmm. especially in my like obviously in my times of not being sober, I didn't go as often, but mm -hmm. I always found like a, I, I find I, I like, like my church now is more about spiritual connection, mm -hmm. but obviously they speak of the Bible and, and I'm not mm -hmm. opposed to the Bible. I think there's some great stories in it, but I'm not, I don't know. I don't know a ton about the Bible or. I think that's a good way to describe it. Right? There's some pretty cool stories in it. Yeah. Other than that, depends on how you look at it. Yeah. And for yeah. me, because so coming into AA, was really easy because the God word didn't scare me because mm -hmm. to me, if it's good, then it's God. Like that's always kind of been my thing. And I've always talked to God. And even now when I talk to God and way more now than ever, and it's amazing. Um, I don't, I don't, I have, I like, sometimes I'm like trying to bring it into my meditation of like what he looks like. I'm not, it's mm -hmm. not there, but it's, it's, it's definitely something bigger than myself. Mm -hmm. So for me, like that step two, like come to believe something bigger than myself, like that was easy peasy. Mm -hmm. And making that decision was also easy because my life was shit and I was mm -hmm. tired of feeling like crap. And in my times in the six years of turmoil, I had like three and a half years of good. Mm -hmm. So my life is good when I'm sober. So how do I stay sober for me is like, mm -hmm. how do I do that? Um, so after listening to this AA speaker on zoom, I was like, okay, I'm going to try this. And you, you got one of those like little meeting pocket meeting guides. Mm -hmm. And I remember I like opened it and I was just looking for something in the Southwest. And I saw one that was like daily reflections. It was nine 30 in the morning. My aunt was picking me up Thursday at 8 a.m. I was like, I'm going to go right to that meeting from mm -hmm. detox and just see, I'm just going to go see what it's about. Like, mm -hmm. what do I got to lose? And, um, and it was because it was COVID, it was very small. There was like five people. Mm -hmm. It was upstairs. Um, yeah, it was very quiet for a bit. It was very quiet. So mm -hmm. I, 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 I remember it was like Wade and Jordan and anyways. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if I should have said that. We can edit that out. We can get the name. Okay. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah. Anyways, Good yeah. to make a note. Yeah. <laughs> they might, yeah. I don't think they would care, but it, they probably won't. But we'll no. just be careful. But right, you never know. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so there was people. I'm really bad at that that part of it. I got to work on that. This is a perfect spot for it totally. because you know what? We can just take a totally, on, so. totally. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so it was like a really, really small group, and um, yeah, like I just listened, and mm. I remember when they read how it works. And I got a big book and I just went home and I just read it. And I was like, okay. And then even to this day, I don't know, like I just had this moment where mm. it was like, you know, where it says, rarely do we see people fail. And I was like, okay. And like, unless they're not honest, and I was like, oh my God, that's it. I've mm. never, I, I've never been honest about so many things in my life. Mm. I've been a liar for so long, like lying about how much I'm drinking, lying that I'm okay, lying about just things that don't need to be lied about. Mm -hmm. And even as a child, and I'm learning now that that probably has a lot to do with just, maybe I've been an alcoholic my whole life. I don't know, maybe. Well, you probably developed some pretty complex PTSD growing up where you did. Right? How you did. And yeah. just, yeah. Um, yeah, so then, I don't know. I just, I then I just did, I, I did what the program tells you to mm -hmm. do. Like, I got a big book, I got a sponsor, and I literally listened to everything my sponsor said. That's what worked for me. Right on. And that's what's working so far. And, um, you know, I, I do service. I have mm -hmm. sponsees. I do, I do all the things that I'm supposed to do. Mm -hmm. And um, so far, it's amazing. And, right on. Yeah. And that's, that's it. That's I love my it. Story. Well, thank you, Odessa. <laughs> You're welcome. I think it's really cool. Like lots, obviously, lots of pain and struggle and all that kind of stuff. It, it has always like made me feel pretty good when we come out the other side of that. Though. Yeah, for when sure. When I see someone else coming out of that and and being on the other side of that struggle. Yeah. It's a really good feeling. I'm sure you're feeling yeah. it now too. And yeah. in the rooms, the more you see people <clears throat> stay the more you can see that light in their eyes, right? Yep, totally. Yeah. Yeah, and I think it's just, you know, like that, you know, the hope that comes mm -hmm. with it. And I think for for me, it was a lot to do with, like, I do deserve better. Mm -hmm. And there is life without alcohol. Like, there really is. And for so long. Yeah. But for <laughs> so long, that was such a fear because yeah. everyone around me drank. Every Everything I knew had alcohol involved mm -hmm. in it. So it can be very scary to think that like, yeah. you know, and, and get past that. Well, why me or why am I so different? But like, why not me? Mm -hmm. You know, like, yeah. right. And why not be different? Exactly. And, and I mean, there's nothing else. What else do we need to do about that? Yeah. Just be yourself. Yeah. hundred percent. And now it's pretty good. I, I think the part of my, the last part is, is Darren has decided to like start drinking again. Mm. And that's um, difficult. Yeah. Um, but I think because I, I have a fairly strong program or, mm -hmm. or I have people that I can rely on and I have God, I really do give a lot to him and mm -hmm. just, I'm just working on finding, um, just like a little bit of peace in the chaos mm -hmm. and controlling what I can control yeah. and, recognizing um, where you can. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. And just doing the work that the book tells you to do, you know, mm -hmm. like really turning it over and writing it out and praying about it and meditating about it and then mm -hmm. listening to the answer has been really great for me. Yeah. And um, that's where I was speaking about my sponsor before, where it sometimes is very difficult. But since mm -hmm. doing the work that she had asked me to do, these past few weeks have been really amazing. And sometimes I'm just so shocked of how much this program works. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm just like, okay, like, I feel better. Like, mm -hmm. that worked. Like, it's working. Like, 
Okay. It's pretty amazing. <laughs> yeah, it's and really if you, cool. And you can figure out a way to like, if, if you have to, and sometimes we have to throughout our sobriety, like spend time in places that might not be as safe as we would like. Yeah. Right? Like being in a house with someone who goes back drinking. Yeah. Not not desirable for us at all, but you can you can figure out a way. Yeah. So long as you're honest. Yeah. Right. Totally. About how you're feeling and stuff like that. Yeah. Because otherwise, those circumstances usually lead people back out. Totally. And I say usually because it's never always. Yeah, like, for sure. Never and always shouldn't be words I use ever. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, yeah, which is fair. Right? right? Because we know that things change. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And like the, the sponsee, um, you know, letting you know that they found yeah. another sponsor. <laughs> yeah. I love it. I think that's because you did a good job. Yeah. I do. <laughs> okay. But I'm one of these people that I think when people move on, it's a good thing. Right. Because whatever it is that we could give them, we gave them. Right. And now, now they're on to something else. What a gift. I really appreciate you saying that because I'm still really new. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even being a sponsor, I feel like there's oft like my sponsor would say to me, you know, it's not up to you. It's up to God. Mm-hmm. Like, so just put your hand up and just see what happens mm-hmm. and pray about it and see what happens. Um, so I, I do do that, but I really appreciate you saying that mm. because because I am so new, you still have like insecurities, mm-hmm. right? Like, oh, did I? Of course. But then I think about it, I'm like, I really don't think I could have, I couldn't have, I couldn't have done anything different. Well, and sponsorship is tricky. Yeah. Like, there's lots of ways we can learn from other people how to be a sponsor like them, but the yeah. only way to learn how to be a sponsor like you yeah. is to do it and to feel those feelings, right? Yeah. The discomfort when. And that's okay, because it's it's like that. It's touching our rejection buttons, right? Right, right. For sure, because I've been fired before. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've been fired as a sponsor before, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I had to learn how to, well, I don't even know if I purposely did it or if it just made sense after a while. Where right. It was like, okay, but I'm not drinking. Yeah. They might go back out. They might have to do whatever they have to do for them to make it. Right. Right? And that's got nothing to do with me. Right. Like, nothing to do with you. Yeah. It's got everything to do with them. Yeah. And it's like, um, I like it because it shows that people are evolving from me. And I always like, I appreciate that because mm-hmm. I know that what I offer can only be, go take so far, right? And then there's other people that can offer more, right? Yeah. And that's all, for me, I don't know, I guess it was a reframing of it, right? Yeah, it I was, really like that. That's helpful. Yeah, not rejection. It's more like, it's evolution. Yeah. And now you're free to work with someone else who needs you. That's right. Right? That's right. Yeah. yeah. No, that's really good. Yeah, and I think it all just comes with time too, 100%. right? Yeah. And and I and I think I what I am learning um, at the end of the day, you need people need to work with who they feel the best with working with. Yeah. So in in that aspect, I I I think it's great that mm-hmm. you know that's it's their recovery. Totally. They should pick who they want. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, and, and totally. Like I tell people, like people go, "Hey, but I like you so much." I'm like, "That's part of the problem." Yeah. Once you get to know me, you might like me. And then you think that you can just like talk in circles around me, but you don't understand. Right. This is only going to hurt you. Yeah. Yeah. And so maybe, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't know if people should go to someone they don't like. I wouldn't. Right. 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 Like there's got, there's a fine line. <laughs> yeah. There, yeah. Right? Because yeah. if I don't like you, I'm not talking to you. That's right. And so there's got to be a little bit of that connection. But I appreciate the boundaries that your sponsor has because those boundaries will teach you too, mm-hmm. right? And just I think respect too, right? Hundred mm-hmm. percent. Someone, it's someone that you should that you respect enough, mm-hmm. and and a lot for myself, trust is just such a big thing, mm-hmm. and so being able to have a relationship with someone that I do trust, even in those uncomfortable times, 100%. is really very special. And 
I wouldn't be able to even think about our relationship the way that I do mm -hmm. without have done this work. You know, the way I live my life is, yep. is like I really do try to practice these principles in mm. all my affairs and I am so far from perfect, but I can usually reel it in pretty quick now mm -hmm. to be like, oh, that wasn't great or you could have done that differently mm -hmm. or what are you doing today? And, you yeah. know, now I just like pray for time. Like just, I just Sweet. pray whatever God has in store for me. I just pray for time, mm -hmm. like especially with my kids that I get oh, the time that's... to be who they deserve me mm -hmm. to be. So. And you are. Thanks. You get that. You're. You know what I mean. It's such a cool process. Yeah. You know, like yeah. nothing. Nothing is. Nothing is ever really over. Right. And that's what I try to pass on to people. Yeah. Like, even though it may feel like your marriage is over or whatever, yep. not necessarily specific to anyone, but you just never know. That's right. Right. And it's like okay, so we can approach this new life a couple of ways. You can burn shit down if you want. Mm -hmm. Hundred percent. You're absolutely welcome to do that if yeah. you feel really you need to do that. <laughs> It's not desirable. Yeah. It's less desirable because now without the booze, burning shit down hurts. Totally. Burning shit down gets sticks to you. Like it's not the same as it was when you could burn shit you down. Because you care. That's right. <laughs> You're yeah. like, oh. You actually start to care. <laughs> totally. Not just about yourself either, right? Like I you know. do. And, yeah. and I think it's it's always uh, interesting. It's interesting for me. I love watching people recover in all the different ways we recover, like whether it's with us in AA or in other places, like... It's just so cool. Yeah, you know? it is. Yeah, it is. It is really cool. And I'm really, really grateful for it. Mm -hmm. And I think the difference with going to treatment the two times and AA is mm -hmm. it's for me, 100% God and consistency. Mm -hmm. It's a consistent program to go back to. Yeah. The, the meetings are important, you mm -hmm. know, that that service, unity, recovery, like it's all it's it makes sense, mm -hmm. you know, so yeah. I think because I have that consistency now is, mm -hmm. is, is a big, you know, you know, contribution to why I'm sober today. For sure. And you get yeah. to, you get to bring in some of the skills you picked up in the treatment. Yeah, you went for to, sure. Right? Because yeah. now that you're sober, some of those skills are just going to be natural. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. Jessa, thank you so much. Thank you for <laughs>